0: Welcome to the Storyteller Series Nigeria, a podcast dedicated to sharing true stories of Nigerians of all ages and backgrounds. This is episode number one and is based from recordings from our first live event on May 5th, 2018, at the Cube Cafe in Abuja. For more information on the series, you can visit our website, thestorytellerng.org, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at abjstoryteller. Our first storyteller is Christabel. Please note that Cristobal is not her real name, and she prefers to be anonymous.
1: Okay, hi everybody. Okay, You have to forgive me, I'm really shy, and I never thought I'd get picked. But, um, okay. Uh, I have a lot of stories to tell, but I'll just say one. Um, I did something very foolish when I was in university. I, um, at some point, everybody was, I went to Governance University, and for people that know the school, you're not allowed to go out. So one time I was like, when I was level, I'm like, why would they even cage me in a school like this? So I wanted to go out. And then I kind of mixed up with the wrong crowd, which led to a lot of bad things. But the story I want to talk about is about some guy I used to talk to on Instagram. Though my mom had warned me several times that um, you're not supposed to just believe everything you see on Instagram. So I had this guy crush on Instagram, and then we kept talking all the time. And then it was like, OK, let's see. And I said, we should meet up at ICM. And I'm like, OK, open place, what possibly happen? And then we went there, we had lunch, I was excited. I'm like, OK, fine boy, all right. <laughs> and then I'm like, OK, I'm going back to school. And um, I think we should, the friendship should just be casual. And we should meet in open places so I like, get to know you much better. And then, he was, when, we, when he was taking me back, he said, oh, I forgot something in my office. Let's pick it up. It's on the way, don't worry. I'm like, oh, fine, sure. Went to his office. It took a while. He was now showing me his colleagues and people that work under him. I'm like, OK, responsible guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then he was like, um, I need to drop this thing off at my school. And then he drove to Lagos Business School. And I, I've always admired that school, and I'm like, okay, smart guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I was already like, okay, this person is responsible. What could possibly go wrong? And then it was like, okay, since I'm going to Ottawa, which, which is where your school is, I'm going to have to lodge. So let me just pick up my stuff at home. You can wait in the car. I'm like, okay, even offer from stay in the car, responsible guy. All these things are going on in my head. When we got there, I was like, ah, we want to now wait in the car under this hot sun. <laughs> <laughs> so um me, I'm like, uh, Sha, I'm tall. What could you do? I will break his head. So <laughs> I already prepared. So I went in, I sat down, he put on the TV, got a drink. I'm like, why are you bringing drinks? Carry your stuff and let's be going. <laughs> Then he was like, OK, fine. Just sit down. When coming knew it, it, was just Justin, Justin, Justin. And then he introduced me to his friend that was in the house. His friend left, closed the door. <laughs> I was unsuspecting, because I already saw him as the smart, responsible, and everything guy. <laughs> so until, until Uncle tried to touch him, I'm like, OK. And one thought in my head, I, I tried to push him away. And he was like, what's wrong with you? I thought about it, I'm like, in case this guy is a rapist, if I'm struggling, I'll lose all my strength. So I wanted to see where it was getting to. I'm like, don't touch me. So I was like, what do you mean? Come on, sit down. Push me down. I'm like, ah, that's, don't touch me. I'm warning you. Tell so what can you do? I tried to run out. Door was closed. My bag was inside. How? I didn't even understand how that happened at that point in time. And then I just decided to play along until I got to his weak point. Then I had to hit him in between his legs. And he was shouting. I found my way out of the window. I don't get it but then I was stranded because my wallet my bag everything was my iPad was inside this house. When I got to the Junction I was just like where am I? This is Lagos. I was, I was so lost. Where is this? Someone told me that this was, well it was um, what do you call that place? It's really rare, one of those places, great places. I didn't have any money so I took <laughs> So um, I took a cab, and the guy told me that, ah, otter is foul, $10,000. error i like, ah. I didn't want him to know I didn't have money. I'm like, ah, no, let me give you five. I was like, OK. I entered the cab. I was thinking all through, like, what's going to happen when I get to school? Who is going to pay? First of all, I jumped exit. It's already getting late. How am I going to get back into school? So I was thinking all through the ride. I was sweating. The guy kept asking me, are you OK? Are you OK? I said, yes, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. When oh, we're oh getting close to school, I'm like, uh, I actually don't have cash. I need to withdraw. <laughs> I wanted him to drop me. So he dropped me and the guy, smart guy, followed me to eat him. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Um, let's just forget it. I'll I'll find a way to settle it. Let's get to school first. Got to the school gate. Then the security man. I'm like, ah, are you a CU student? I, I said, um, yes, sir that I took an exit, I was supposed to come back yesterday, but I got kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. I gave them one bank story. I was like, hey, uh, I said, I don't have money, sir. Can you help me pay? The guy said, okay you help me pay and cover up the story. But I have to come back to see him. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I said, OK, OK, sir, fine, no problem, help me pay. He paid, took my name, of which I gave him a wrong name. I told him my name was Christabel. so my name was Christabel Lawrence and that I was in Dockers Hall final year and I was in 300 level, Lydia Hall. So he came and was looking for me, he could not find me until the day my friend came to school and mischievous me again was driving his car. You're not allowed to drive in Covenant University for those who know about the school. I was driving the car and then the head of security was chasing me. <laughs> he told me to stop and explain myself. I kept speeding and we we're doing fast and furious. <laughs> around school <laughs> like and I was not even that strong I was just going like everywhere until I hit the pavement and me and the guy that was that came to see me in school came down and then they had to arrest us and put us in the guard room. <laughs> and then I had to beg and everything but I I got smart and then I found a way out of it I recorded what we were saying when the guy was trying to say okay um, I will not report this issue but since I've caught you finally just follow me to my room and everything So I was like, "Sir, you sure? What do you want us to do there?" He said, "You know now." (laughs) Then I told him that, uh, "Sir, if I if you don't let me go now, you'll be the one to lose your job today, because I have a recording of everything you said so far, They're begging and everything." So, God save me from that anyway. And then, but anytime I see, (laughs) I would have been expelled. (laughs) I would have been expelled. You're not supposed to drive in school. And but God saved me from that and then I decided not to be mischievous again and those my bad friends that were actually Because a lot of things actually happened, some parts I skipped, some other time, but those people I had to cut them off and just finish school quietly because it was a very rough ride. Our next storyteller is Aketi Ete, who told a story about her childhood. You will notice the sound of a phone alarm at some point. This was our attempt to keep stories for so three minutes, but the stories were too interesting so we decided not to cut our storytellers off.
0: All right, good evening everybody. My name is Ekati Edima Ete. Um, I like to write my own stories, so please pardon me as I read from um, my phone. Okay, so um, I don't know how many people here have children.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: How many people here? Yeah, I have to bring. <laughs> All right. Were you ever prepared for your child? Like, you got to that point where you were like, I'm ready to have children. And then when you had the children, you're like, Yeah, I wasn't wrong in thinking I was prepared. I was very prepared. Like, was anybody ever like truly really prepared to have kids? Hands up. No one. Okay. My parents are like you. They were not prepared at all. They just felt like, hey, everybody's having children. Let us have children. So they decided to have me and my siblings. <laughs> um, I like to tell stories about my childhood. Most often than not, my childhood was carefree and filled with fun and innocence. Not that my adulthood stories are not fun. But my stories now usually begin with, once upon a time, I was in my house when my landlord knocked on my door. <laughs> my people, you won't believe that I did not breathe for the ten minutes he was standing there, <laughs> calling my number, and threatening to bring fire and brimstone down on me. Sometimes my stories even begin with story, story. Sorry. My aunt, who is my father's brother's wife's sister-in-law, oh. who believes that my work on the marriage market is fast reducing. <laughs> set me up on a blind date. Now, there's nothing wrong with the guy, except for the fact that every time he swallowed, it went 40 He did it the first time, and I noticed that other diners were looking at us. I did it the second time, and the third time, I'm like, guy, just take small, small
2: pieces now.
0: <laughs> and when you swallow, swallow quietly. <laughs> And he said, son, solid, solid." what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, my adulthood is filled with stories like that. But I like to tell stories about my childhood. Like, when I was nine years old, it was the year that I decided that I was no longer going to brush my teeth. Yeah, I hated brushing my teeth. So, for a year, I didn't brush my teeth until it was my tenth birthday. And my cousin came and said, so, show me how you're going to smile for the camera. And I did. He said, shh, don't shoot me that. <laughs> and that's how I started brushing my teeth again. But I remember it more because it was the year that I gave my parents a series of heart attacks. So I was born and raised on a farm. The bushes, the open fields, the cultivated areas, fishery, pigry, poultry, made for one large playground. I was a very happy and creative child. Mischief was always an arm's length away. I would take a life snake to school. Oh, oh,
2: God, I did things.
0: Anyway, on this particular day, I cannot say what possessed me. I had just returned from school, and the rule was once you come home from school, you eat, you do your homework, you sleep, then you wake up and play. But for some reason that day, I felt like the house was really hot, so I went to sit on the roof. Now, the roof above our car park is sunken, so you can actually climb up and sit down in there. And the rule in our house was always that if you had to go out, you had to tell someone where you were, so nobody would have to look for you. Or if they were looking for you, they would know where to find you. But that day, I didn't tell anybody. I climbed on that sunken roof with my pillow and my raffia mats using a ladder. And then when I climbed up, I pushed the ladder up. Sorry, I climbed using the fancy block by the side. And then when I got to the top, I slept off. When I woke up, I heard people shouting and talking. And then I heard my mother's voice shouting at the maid and the other workers around. Where is she? I said, where is she? So this is how you would take care of my children when I'm not around? How could
2: she leave this house
0: and you do not know? Hey, God, this black
3: gave me my enemy
0: said I don't children. That is children (laughs) are. And no, you know, my father was trying to, you know, console her and at the same time he was trying to give orders to the search party like okay, you go to the farm, you go to the poultry, you go to the fishery, you go to the uh, where the plantain uh, goes and find her. And my mom was busy wailing. And for some reason, up there, looking down at them, running around, was so funny because they just looked like tiny ants,
2: <laughs>
0: just running around. And so I laughed oh, to myself. And I lay back down and slept again.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, I woke up around seven. This thing happened around five. And I woke up around seven. And then when I woke up around seven, I got down, brought down my mat and pillow. And then when I came down, there was a crowd outside. And immediately they saw me. They said, Sherry, and I'm like, "You."
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Sherry's like, thank you, Jesus. That spray, I'm so and she's back, you know, and they were carrying me and passing me from hand to hand. And I was just like, yo, so what's up, what's up, what's up? and then I got to my dad, and my dad just hugged me like really tight. I was like, where were you? What happened? And I said, I was on the roof. And he took me down. I said, Where were you? <laughs> I said, I was on the roof. <laughs> I'm not looking at you, TV, like, tiny, tiny, <laughs> and I'm looking at my father was not the the person who hit in our family. My mother was the president and founder of Pluggers Association of Nigeria. <laughs> so my mom, I had my mom wailing from inside the room and she came out just as my father put me down. And then my father just says, go to your mother. Said, hey, my life. Like I literally saw my life flash before my eyes and I was screaming and holding on to my dad and I was saying that, Daddy please, don't let her kill me,
2: God will bless you, this life, God, God
0: will bless you. But then my mom just looked at my father, and my father nodded at my mom, and my mom went inside and came out with TV. You would think that that would stop me. But sometime later, it was April, and I decided to play an April Fool joke on my parents. Now, behind our house was a major road, and it was all tarred. And so one day, I swore my brother to secrecy so that he would not tell my parents my plan. When I was younger, if I sit down for more than two minutes and I'm not talking, everybody will be worried. And what is she thinking? What is she planning? Ask her. Ask her.
2: <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, that day, my mother was baking a cake for a client, so she wasn't paying much attention to me. So I sat down and I made my plans, and I called my brother because my brother has the always mouthing of everything that he has. the Yamibor syndrome, my brother has it. So I saw him to see Chrissy and then I made him the road was, you know back then there wasn't many people who had cars, so it was kind of deserted. So I made my brother lie down on that road, right across it on the, in the middle of the road and then I ran back to my mother and I said Baby, go, 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 go. God has done mess you.
2: <laughs>
0: And with the panic and the fear and the like it was utterly horrible. She 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 dropped everything, ran out to the road, and then she fell beside my brother. And she just kept this quiet scream that didn't come out loud, but you could hear it from inside her belly. And she just stretched her hand quietly and touched her. Now to know the magnitude to know the magnitude of what I had done, my elder brother had just died. So she stretches her hand, and she touches him, and he shouts, "Everybody, money! <laughs> my people, I am a lawyer, so let me put it for you, that the time that my father came back, huh? You know, she didn't cry, she she just looked at us, she didn't yell, she didn't say anything, she just looked at the two of us, tears were coming down, and she got up and she walked away. And then when my father came back, that's the first time I ever remember my father beating us. It was a beating world desertion. Bash
1: Amuneni is our next storyteller his storytelling
3: style is a little different. If you am a village, but they won't leave you. They will follow you everywhere. You there. My senior brother is there. My junior brother is there. <laughs> All right, Isaac Fries. So, um, I went to ETC with my friend, Joss.
2: <laughs> it
3: wasn't funny. One of those days when we decided to fight the federal government for hoping to take away subsidy, and we are dumb like that, and we didn't want the federal government to take away subsidy, but somehow we're not allowed, you know. So one of those days when we were revolting against subsidy, we were jobless, we didn't go to work, so myself and some of my friends were, were bored in Jaws. We were strolling somewhere close to Tudunwada. You know, you guys know Tudunwada? Yeah. And we don't know Tudunwada, i are missing. Yeah, Tudu Wada is the the interior ghetto area in every town. Is there Tudu Wada in Abuja? Where? I'm not going Oh, Abaka, you take me there. So, I went to Tudu Wada to eat Yisewu. Lovely Yisewu, I saw. So, I enjoyed the Yisewu, of course. But, the next morning, oh boy, I was purging all through. I think the purging started like 3 a.m. You know I how a purging wakes you up from sleep? That time, you go to the toilet, you stay there, and not the thing that would drop. Uh, you're wondering what's going on in here. You know, so I was purging almost all day, and at some point, I sat there with my phone. And I wrote a poem, and the title of the poem was Easy. So I said, A hey, woe, but I swear I will do you again. Not minding, not in vain, now I'm here still, even in pain. It was last night I and my buddies met at that corner for a treat, a really cramped up stage, so tight, hardly for nine, yet we stayed, we worshippers of your might. Our long wait, I did not hate lights, but I was right because when you came, like your name in your glorious majesty, sweet scent and steam, it was <laughs> uh, speaking in eager tongues. We communed at your altar, feeling the heat, numbing our fingers, yet we munched your meat, poof, and members sniffing the pearl. And Isaiah one, damn singing relish. Oh, none here. A visitor to this loom for the seventh time since noon. My boy was thunderous. He said, Why oh, plead, have mercy, have mercy, yet you take your toll in reckless to Scatter! <laughs> not kinder, nor milder. However, he said, Why oh, swear, let's bet. I will do you hurt yet yeah, again. So so that was my issue of story. Yeah, yeah some, some things can be. Some, you can indulge in some things and it just messes you up. So I have this neighbor at home. Yes. The guy has a very terrible air conditioner. He doesn't allow me to sleep. That, so sometimes when I'm... In my, you know Abuja you know houses are really close. I've not built my house, so I'm still renting. So this guy's gen doesn't make me sleep well, but in my head sometimes like, I got what that is. I do with gen, what is, I do with gen. Should I just go and just cut the cable or something? Should I just, you know, the gen is noisy, like really noisy. So one of those days I was inspired. I woke up like two, three a.m. I think, and I wrote a poem about my neighbor's air conditioner. Let me read it so i said my neighbor's air conditioner breaks the comfort of my nights and staggering grunts that are brutal to the mind but tonight i desire to sleep in peace so i think of walking up to his little space bang his front door with my fist invade the sense of private bliss, and watch his face twitch with livid pain I should give him a piece of a mind today, but tonight I like to think I'm a man of peace. So I shut my windows really tight and asked God for plenty grace. But with this noise reaching out always for me, I could only wonder how he sleeps every night. So I prayed for the air conditioner to catch a chronic flu, but instead the grunts grew into an evil shrill. That never seemed to bother him or even prick his conscience cool. My neighbor's air conditioner worries the peace, my peace with deliberate glee, breaking the sweet rhythm of my purple dreams. It reminds me of failed government schemes and worn-out campaign crews of political party halls and the sound of many broken fates. But that night I walked up to shameless fate by the gods of a blazing wheel. I took a trip back again and measured my growing rage with the anger of a thousand mob. I and rammed my face through his broken door to begin my chance for a friendly truce at last. All in my attempt to catch some peaceful sleep. Thank you. So that's what I did to my neighbor. What? no. Did I do that? I thought, it, I thought this was like a true, true story. Uh, you, you know, it's poetry, the noise is true but I've not run this door yet I'm still thinking about it <laughs> okay um. yeah? so we're not compl- I won't complete my storytelling without talking about love I'm a sucker for love and when it when it does you like this, eh? <laughs> oh boy! You see what the video did now? You give assurance. We <laughs> mm, make promises. <laughs> <laughs> oh!
2: <laughs>
3: so I said, is it the way you move your lips? Is it the way you sway those hips? Is it the fire that I see in your eyes? The longing of my heart? The rustling of leaves in wind, The warmth I feel when you're near? Is it this? Is it that? Yet I promise to give to you this coil of crusted germ With an open palm subtly entwined primo-like virgin intentions To seal my fate in our love to what you pour in your sleep While I rub your back to break the vibe I do this again with a smile and listen to music of your soul calling dawn, this time, that time, the next time, I promise to hold when it is cold, to bring you the moon and share my stars, to crown your head with fidelity's crest, this place no tempest shall dare, to write for you alone and unwind from the loom, like tread on the loose, to stare in sweet disbelief, as I attempt to cut words in worthy adulation of your charm, your charm like spicing for beauty and its tepid essence, yes, I can feel Heat on my tongue. This heat like Yaji on Suya. <laughs> Usoji on garden egg. The icing on chocolate cake. Giggles from the kitchen where steam and condiments are mixed with your sparkles. You make a home of this furniture and see these The long walks we take to the park. It talks about our kids. Me, you see in me that I do not see in me for long. I've been hooked to your charm like the sun loves to rise. I promise. There will be moments when life will happen true And everything will not be poetry, Boom! Yet every breath and every stress and every strain in your voice Will be all my heart beats to Will be all my ears will be tuned to You're the music of my life You're my poetry You're my rainbow You're my essence I promise to be forever and true This I promise to you Yeah, and that's a lie though, thank you
2: yeah.
1: you for listening to this episode of the Storyteller series Nigeria. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. For more information on the series and to check dates for our next live event, please follow us at ABJ Storyteller—that's one word—on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. If you would like to tell a story at our next live event or submit a story to the podcast, please email info at thestorytellerng.org. Have a great day.